Welcome to the Mom and Dot 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 Podcast. We're your hosts, Suzanne Kearns and Missy Stevens. We want to help you through everything that happens in the ellipses, from your professional life to your emotional health. You're a mom and so much more. Let's figure out what comes next together. Welcome to the Mom and Dot 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 Podcast. I'm Missy Stevens, Mom and Dot 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 Writer, Foster Care Advocate, and today, organizer of paperwork that sort of got away from me in the last week. Is there any other kind of paperwork, really? <laughs> I think that's it. And I'm Suzanne Kearns, mom and dot, 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 writer, LGBTQ and sex ed advocate. And today, a receiver of text from my son that his school is on fire. So that has been interesting. And we'll see oh, if we have great. any updates by the end of the show. Yeah, they're back in the school. So I guess we're good. Uh, today, <laughs> we there's are- no more fire. I know. I, texts are really a good and a bad thing. I, mm-hmm. Yeah, I probably could have heard about it after school and it would have been fine. Right. Uh, today we are welcoming Erica Suter, mom and dot, 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 nationally recognized voice of the realm of parenting news and parenting advice regularly featured on Good Morning America. She is the author of How to Have a Kid and a Life, a survival guide which explores the 21st century parenting dilemma when did being a good mom become synonymous with giving up everything that makes you you? I mean, is there anything nearer and dearer to our heart missing? <laughs> nope. Nope. Oh, her work also appears on parents.com, mom.com, cafe mom, and the bump in what to expect. She is a journalist with over 20 years of experience and has been on staff at both People Magazine and Us Weekly. Oh my gosh, how fun. <laughs> Where she has written cover stories on everything from the sexiest man alive to the untimely death of Michael Jackson. Before becoming a magazine writer, Erica took a short detour into the world of advertising, accepting a post at the Chicago-based agency Leo Burnett as an account executive on the Kellogg's account. Her ad world claim to fame, she was on the team that created the Talking Frosted Mini Week. That oh, I love those guys. Cool. <laughs> a native of Ann Arbor, Michigan, she currently lives in Manhattan with her college sweetheart husband, Caleb, and sons, Lex and Aiden. Welcome. We are so excited to have you here. Welcome. Thank you. I'm excited to be here, guys. We appreciate it so much. And we have done your bio, your big bio, but we were wondering if you could give our listeners a little Erica 101, especially if there's any twists and turns in your life that kind of led you where you are now. Yeah. Um, well, as Suzanne said, I started out as a writer and a, a celebrity journalist, and it was an amazing career to have. I have to tell you, there's not a better job to have in your 20s than than that. Like, oh, yeah. I lived on the red carpet. My job was to go to parties and write about it and do interviews with celebrities, most beautiful, sexiest man, all of that kind of stuff, which was great. That changed a lot. The, the allure changed a lot when I had kids. Mm-hmm. It was, uh, I love being a writer. I, I, I love being a journalist. But celebrity journalism requires some late nights, <laughs> some very late nights. And I remember being up, this is when I was at Us Weekly, waiting for Kim Kardashian's publicist to call me back to talk about how she got her butt to look so great in some, I mean, yeah, some gown she wore to some <laughs> award show. And right. it was, it, they were in LA, I was in New York, and it was like two or three in the morning. And I thought, oh my God, my baby is going to be up in yeah. two hours. And oh. I just can't do this. And can't talk um, about butts in the middle of the night anymore. <laughs> and it, just, it just lost its allure for me. But it, just, it's, it was such a great industry in, in terms of how interesting it was. And you always had work and, and that kind of thing. Yeah. Um, yeah. But it just, um, and so I kind of reevaluated what I wanted to do. I still wanted to write and edit. 
And I got a job at Cafe Mom. And, you know, people, it was one of those th things where people were like, you're crazy. You're leaving a staff position at a major magazine. And I was like, yeah, my life's got to that point. You know, I'm not going to win a Pulitzer writing about, you know, the real world or, you know, television shows. It wasn't like, it, it just <laughs> right. wasn't worth it to me to stay. And when I got to Cafe Mom, I was assigning and editing. I had, we had a, a writers all over the country and they brought me in to kind of help teach them how to be journalists, how to like write, not just blog. Right. So for me, I threw myself into it. I went to like every mommy meetup I could, every, you know, conference, mom.com, blog her, whatever. I just, I went yeah. there so I could just figure out what was going on in motherhood besides my own personal angst and stories and complaints that I had. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I really loved it. I, I just, it was, it, it felt meaningful. It felt like I had a, a bond and a kinship, even with the people I was interviewing or assigning stories to. Yeah. And that kind of led me on this path. But also while I was meeting all these moms, there were things that we were talking about because I'd have like one-on-ones and I'd have, I'd even host focus groups in my apartment, if you can believe it. Like I'd have wine and some snacks and we'd just be talking about. That's awesome. I was gonna and, say, that sounds amazing. Put us on your oh, invite list. <laughs> oh my God. It was, it was so much fun. And we would just talk and, and my book came out of those conversations. I knew I wanted to write a book. I wasn't sure exactly what it was going to be about. Right. So, but my conversations with women and mothers who were struggling with things that we didn't often talk about, that's where all the chapters come from. And that's why all the chapters are different right? They yeah. each focus on a different issue that you're dealing with. So you may have an issue with you know, the motherhood penalty at work, but you may not have one with like the sex with your husband. So, you <laughs> <laughs> yeah. and, and so you can choose, you can pick and choose the chapters that really resonate with you and read them. Although I recommend you read the whole book because yeah. I, it, was, it was such a great joy writing it. But, well, um, and that's the thing, even though it may not resonate with you now, we talk a lot about seasons of your life. And right. I think that, you know, the job with the celebrities was perfect for your 20 year old season of your life. Mm -hmm. And now this is right for you. But same thing. Some of those chapters, you know, you might be like, oh, no, that's not my problem. But then one year later, <laughs> you know, yeah. or it might be your friend's back. problem and it gives you a lot of empathy into what she's going through or your mm -hmm. coworker. Yeah. Or, you know, we don't need to stay in our own little bubbles. We need yeah, to right. see what's going on in other bubbles. Right. And that's and, really important too, like having this perspective on motherhood that goes beyond what people told you at your baby shower, which is not nearly enough information. Oh <laughs> my gosh. No. A wipe swimmer is not going to save your sanity. Yeah. <laughs> Three months later. I'm just telling you that right now. <laughs> yeah. That is yeah. So and it's so fleeting. The time in your life, you need a wipe swarmer. Like that's, yeah. and that's you, a lot more to it. You've been very upfront and honest about this idea and actually had a wildly successful article about the the mom gene and whether you were missing the mom gene. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. I I was just talking to a friend about this last night who she doesn't have kids. Um, and she's like, oh, well, did you know you always wanted to be a mom? And I was like, oh, you should have seen Chris and I at those preparing to be a parent classes like everybody'd be holding their little fake baby doll and ours would be face down on the table yeah. and we'd be like what like we just I it was not in my DNA I love my children and I don't know what I would do without them but I did I did not I didn't babysit I didn't have younger siblings yeah. I didn't I didn't feel that so I just for other people who mm -hmm. out there who may be feeling shame associated with this I'd love for you to just spend a little time talking about that the mom gene what it is and and how it's okay if maybe you you didn't have yours uh, embedded in you at birth oh, the mom gene is so important to me the whole concept of it because that's really what kicked off this idea for me that we're talking about there are so many things we're not talking about and women are kind of embarrassed to admit 
So yeah. I wrote this post when I was at Cafe Mom on, you know, is discovery of a mom gene the reason some of us don't crave having kids? And I wrote it because I was interested in it. And I thought, you know, there's research out of Rockefeller University that said there's this gene that activates at a certain time in your life. For some women, it's at puberty. For others, it could be in their 20s at different times. And it basically they found it in mice and they hypothesized that women have the same, same gene. So I thought, well, gosh, maybe this is the reason like I've never like been desperate to have children. And so many people right. around me want children. I remember my, one of my college roommates was saying like, you know, her whole goal was to find a husband and have kids. And I'm like, yeah, but you're in the business school. Don't you want to like do something? <laughs> like, yes. why isn't that your first goal? We're like 20. Oh my God. <laughs> and so... And I was never that kid who played with Barbie doll. I mean, I played with Barbie dolls, but I never played with baby dolls. Like everyone was mm -mm. playing like house at recess and there was a mommy and a daddy. And I was like, whatever, my Barbies were in the Amazon solving mysteries with Scooby-Doo, <laughs> you know? Yeah. And, 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 and you kind of feel that there's something a little wrong with you, like you're a little off. So yep. I wrote this article about how I don't think I have, I had mom gene. I've always been embarrassed to admit it because I have kids. And I'm supposed to want kids and it's supposed to be the most important thing in my life and something I wanted all my life. And the reaction I got was tremendous. So many women wrote in to me saying, oh my God, I don't think I have it either. Oh my God, I feel like I don't know what I'm doing. Mm -hmm. Because there's so many things we're told that, oh, it's just natural. It'll kick in. You know, not. it's not. Breastfeeding was, and I wrote it for this. It was like every time it was time to breastfeed, I heard the music from Psycho because I'm like, <laughs> oh, my poor nipple. oh my God. And nothing hardly comes out. This is awful, you know. And but we're but there's a shame associated with it because we're supposed to just be able to do it. And yep. I wanted to give women a little bit of solace and a little bit of camaraderie that if it's right. hard, it's okay because it's actually it's okay. hard for a lot more of us than the world wants us to think. So right. the so the mom gene it was about like you know, there's, there's no such thing as maternal instinct for everyone. Like, of course you love your kids. And, and we also feel that required to say that every time we say something yes, negative about my mother. Like, no, I love my kids. I'm so grateful. No, no, no. And, and I do it too. But it's like, it's okay to admit that it's not so natural and not so easy. It doesn't mean you're not going to be a great mom. It just yeah. means you're going to be get, like a little real and honest about the struggle. Yeah. Yeah. There was a line that we love and we've talked about it. That is, no matter their path to parenthood, they all shared one universal truth. What they desperately wanted and could not find were real, meaningful discussions about the confidence shaking, anxiety causing, and the what the hell happened to me, and why doesn't anyone see me anymore reality of becoming a mother. Yes. Mean. Whew. And we need to change it. We need, you're doing it. What can our listeners do? Where do they start to really change the conversation and keep themselves in this picture right so I think it's the real shock when you first enter motherhood right you're like there are all these things that you prep for you like it, it's always about stuff our prep is always is. about stuff like all of the having the perfect crib and car seat and, and all of this but we never talk about the other changes and the shifts that we have to have so if you're in the throes of motherhood you kind of already know that this is hard this is oh my god if you have a friend who is thinking about having a child or who's pregnant or just had a baby a few weeks ago, have an honest conversation with her, but not just like to scare her. <laughs> this is terrible. We, I know we don't want to be like to turn back. But... A great parenting resignation. We don't want it to be like this, like, okay, no one wants to be parents anymore. But also say, but, but this is how you can protect yourself. Or this is how like, oh, this may happen. 
but here's how like I got through it or I yes. got this or, or here's what yeah. I found that might help us both. So I think it's like having this, you know, I, I felt like I was like completely hoodwinked. Like one of my close friends, she had a baby and her child was two and I had mine. And she never once told me anything remotely scary or I mean, I want to use the word negative, but, you know, she never told me any of the hardships. And then after I had mine and I'm complaining, she's like, oh, girl, yes. Like, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, why didn't you tell me before? So at least I knew. (laughs) And it's not like we're naive because we what we what we're preparing for, the hardships we prepare for are the sleepless nights, never being able to pee alone again, like all of that (laughs) stuff. Yes. But then no one ever tells you, like, what touched out means, right, where you're going to you may have points in your day. Mm-hmm. Where you are so tired of that you don't want anyone else touching you, including your partner, because mm-hmm. you just you have just given so much of yourself all throughout the day. Mm-hmm. Yes. And that's like a real thing. And that affects relationships. Yeah. And so it's basically having these honest conversations. And sometimes it's hard to know what those conversations are, which is why I wrote right. the book. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. But it's like just getting real about the experience and not sugarcoating it, but also saying like, girl, we got this together, showing some camaraderie. That, you know mm-hmm. that you're going to be there not just for like the cute play date in the park where everyone's like fawning over their kid but it's like oh girl come over so we can just like oh let loose and just yeah get real. yeah so. and that's so important because it is it's such an isolating time especially that first year or so it can be really mm-hmm. isolating mm-hmm. and just in case I don't even know if I said it at the very beginning except for your intro so the book is called how to have a kid and a life a survival guide so I mean that just <laughs> nails it and it really should be mandatory reading for it really all. should and oh. I wish I had had it I oh felt my so gosh. lonely and yeah. so yeah. broken like I was doing this all wrong and since then I've talked to many people who had similar experiences I know a lot of my experiences were so normal. Touched out was a huge one. I mean, I was just mm. like, give me a box. I need yes. to be hit, like <laughs> away from all of this. Yeah. I had no idea that was coming. You know, it's just, that was one of many things. And or I think- even touched differently. I remember the first time I went <sighs> and got my hair cut and my hairdresser like shampooed my hair. Did you and cry? it was, it was being touched, but just for me, yeah. not like anyone, like I need I yep. just touches for the other person is like, no, she doesn't want anything out of rubbing my head except for to clean yep. my hair and, and yep. like make it a really relaxing experience. And I, yeah, I, I wept did. in a massage once that I was like, oh my God, this feels so good. And yes. I don't have to do anything in return. Mm. Oh, <laughs> it's, it's, it's like bliss what you're describing to me right now. Like, I know. Just, you know, and I, I feel like we need to, you know, I think that the culture, a little bit about talking about motherhood has changed where it's okay now to complain more about it. But what I also found within that culture, there were no, there aren't a lot of solutions. It's like, you know, I I read every book out Mm -hmm. there and there's so, some of these are really funny, the kind of complaint essay books. Right. But then it's like, okay, well, that doesn't help you feel less lonely at the end of the day or less overwhelmed. And I feel like we're in this, we have this epidemic of what I call mommy malaise, where women mm. are unhappy and they don't understand why. Yep. Because they have, you know, they have their kids, they they have they may have a partner or a significant other or, you know, feel good about what they've created, like their family, but there's still something else missing. And then they don't feel comfortable saying that. And they just kind of languish out there. Because yeah. it is <sighs> weird that you can feel lonely and still be around people all the time. Because you your kids, a lot of people have their kids with them all day, especially if they're little and they're not in school, but they're still lonely. Yeah, and yeah. unhappy because of that. You need connection with people who don't live in your home. 
and that mommy malaise i nearly fell out of my chair when i got to the part of your book where it was talking about the research that um a mom's satisfaction with her life is more important to a child's social and emotional skills than how much money she has Mm -hmm. the amount of time she spends with them or whether she is staying at home with them or going to work i mean bold highlight flashing lights happiness matters and i don't mean like happy like oh you had a really shitty day but put on that smile i mean but like a real lack of malaise with how your life is right but i think okay so there's kind of again i'm i take a few paragraphs to get to my question (laughs) i love it but so i mean the first part of it is getting honest about if we are or aren't happy like i don't think a lot of moms just sit with that and be like am am i happy like yeah, it feels you real feel bad like oh i've yeah, got it does. If, especially in the case if you have a happy healthy child and you feel like there's all these things that you're supposed to be grateful for and yep. you're, but if you're just not quite feeling on it so like love your thoughts about how you personally or whatever like got honest or really checked in with yourself about if you're happy and then how do we focus more on that once we find out if we are or aren't Right. Well, I think like, I, I think that there are six questions that every woman, every mom, actually every person could ask themselves these questions. But of yeah. course, I focused on, on moms and um, I'm going to go through them if that's okay. Oh, please yeah. do. Yes. 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 Ask we you want to. you to. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So the first question is, am I nurturing my marriage or partnership? Mm-hmm. The next would be, is my career headed in a good direction? If you have a career outside, you know, if you have a career. I can't say outside the home anymore because everyone works at home. I know. We're <laughs> right. all um, Do I have supportive friends to turn to? Mm-hmm. Do I feel good about myself? Do I nurture any passions I had before kids? And the last one is, have I created a social life or hobbies that have nothing to do with my children? Right? So my theory is that if you answer no to any, actually any of those questions, you have to reevaluate your priorities. And I don't mean like, leaving your family to go sell surfboards in Hawaii. <laughs> That's what I mean. <laughs> oh, I mean, working on the things that are missing that make you happy. Mm-hmm. And so often we, you know, as moms, we keep thinking like we give more and more and more of ourselves to our kids, to our, our partners, to our careers, to the school, to whatever it is that we have that needs us. But there should be a part of your day, your week, your month, where you are doing something for yourself that has nothing to do with the wants and needs of other people. And we just don't do that. We, we don't. don't do it. I think yeah. culturally, there's a huge stigma on that because mm-hmm. as you were listing these questions, I was putting myself back into the place I was in 14 to 16 years ago when I had little bitties, babies and toddlers. And um, I probably would have answered no to all of those questions. Oh, at, yeah. Maybe all of them at once, but definitely all of them at some point. And if I had said, I'm going to start putting myself first and here's how I'm going to do it. I can think of, luckily I had a super supportive partner, but I can think of other people in my life who might've been like, well, that's not what this time is for, right? This is temporary. You should just delight in these children you have right now, blah, 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 blah. And I would have felt so damn guilty Yeah, that I probably would have shoved it all back down, which is, I mean, that's where a lot Mm -hmm. of it stayed was shoved down for a long time. It took me a long time to put words to how I felt. And, you know, the breakthrough moment for me was, I don't think I wrote about this in the book and I, and I should have, 
But uh, a girlfriend who was also who was also a journalist, her job was to travel the country and review like five star hotels, and you know. Mm. So she's like, you know what? I had this trip scheduled to wine country. All you need is to buy your ticket, and all of our meals, our hotels, everything's taken care of. So I was like, oh, this sounds amazing. And my husband Man. was totally on board. He's like, you need a, you know, that's that sounds great. He you know, he's he's knows how close I am to this friend. And so I scheduled the trip. And then a month later, he was like, wait, when is your trip? And I gave him the date. He's like, oh my God, that's Mother's Day weekend. <laughs> I, I didn't even realize it. And I was like, oh gosh. And he's like, are you going to cancel? And I was like, no, I'm going to cancel because no, I've I'm already the mother here. <laughs> but, I, but I did feel guilty. His mother gave me such the, not, like, I can't believe you're missing Mother's Day with your, uh-huh. With uh-huh. Your kids. It's not kids day, it's Mother's and, Day. And so, and I did, I felt guilty, but I had promised her I was going, I went and it was the best Mother's Day I've ever had because it had, it was completely about me and not about anyone else. And we just, I kind of, we just ate, we went to a winery, we went for a run, wasn't like this like crazy blowout time, but it was just so nice. And that's when I was like, wait a minute, why would, why am I feeling so guilty? Why do I feel so ashamed Mm -hmm. about doing this for myself? And being able to do this for myself, but that's the culture we live in, where even a day that's supposed to be about you is not even really about you. you. Yeah, it's about other people Uh. being around you. So, and I made we had a makeup celebration the next weekend, and my son was little enough where he didn't, you know. They don't know. I mean, and then they get big, and they really don't care. Yeah. And they they would never hold the same standards for Father's Day. That is exactly what I was just thinking. This would never happen. I'm having a flashback to is actually my very first viral post I ever wrote was about when my daughter was turning about one year old. Uh, I took my mom to Italy for a couple of weeks. Um, and so left her with my in-laws and her father was there. I mean, she was covered. <laughs> she had people. I didn't just leave her in a back and play and head off. But the the big, joke, yeah. the big joke about this post was like, it was making fun of the childcare instructions I'd left for my in-laws. I mean, it was like cut blueberries in fourth, walk the dog North. I mean, it was just like ridiculous, oh but I, and so mama. people, so I thought that's what people were going to be commenting about, but then all these start, these comments started coming like, how dare you leave your child when she was yeah. that young and yeah. don't you value the parenting bond? And I'm like, okay, did you notice the fact that I was going with my mom? Like, the parenting bond isn't just when they're and infants. you left her with family and like right. cared for. But I was I was not ready. I was ready for people to, you know, rake me across the coals for being really OCD with my instructions list. But I was I was like, really? She was one year old. She was with three capable adults. And, and you've been bonding the crap out of things for a year. It's not like you were <laughs> bonded. bonded her. She has survived. <laughs> she's okay. She's 16 now. She's good. That's the standard that we have to live up to is just sometimes it can feel soul crushing yeah yeah. and it's just so and it's so hard so when I first became a parent and we'd go out to dinner with like my husband's boss and his wife or whatever and you know I remember one particular dinner the boss's wife who had had five kids and she was a much more experienced mom than me she's like how's motherhood going and I was like three months in and I was like oh my god I can't I do not understand why people keep doing this this is so hard <laughs> I am like drowning and then you know she kind of laughed and we went on but then afterwards my husband was like oh my god that was so embarrassing why did you say that it makes you sound so ungrateful and oh. I thought well she asked me how I was doing and that is how I'm doing I'm yes. I'm struggling a little bit so 
even and my husband's an amazing, greatest guy, super supportive, but even sometimes within your own support network, yeah, you you feel shamed. And I didn't feel mm-hmm. like I could really talk to it until I started finding a mom tribe who I could mm-hmm. relate to. Yeah. Um, you know, and I write yeah. about that. It's like, you know, we all, it's not just about the closest mom in the vicinity. There is a very right. specific former that you need to find the, the supporter friends that you need. Yes. And I totally yeah. want to dive into that. But I'm just, I'm really loving this idea of Jill Smokler, who was the founder of Scary mm-hmm. Mommy, was just yeah. on a couple of weeks ago. And she had the same kind of thing where someone came to her and was like, Oh, you know, she had moved. I think she was moved to a new neighborhood. Yeah. It was like a new neighbor. Yeah. And she, this neighbor came to introduce and like, Oh, how's it going? And she's like, Oh, my kid is such an asshole. Like, you know, they can really be dicks. (laughs) And the baby's an asshole. And this mom was just like, Whoa, like how dare you not appreciate. So you bring up such an important point that when we are that stage of with our kids, pretty much the things you're limited to are like mommy and me classes. Mm-hmm. And yes. I mean, we kind of evolved into this too, where, you know, our kids then are in the first grade or the second grade and we hang out with the parents of whatever kid they happen to be clicking with. Yes. Um, you know, that may not indicate whether we like them or not, just because you're in the same mommy right. and me totally. you know, Wednesday class yes. does not mean that you are, you're my people. So I, right. I would love to dive into that. You do such a beautiful job of discussing how like, yeah. you know, just because you're here does not not mean you are my person <laughs> yeah and that's like that is the so we, that's the solution we've been told right just go someplace where there are other moms and you're gonna mm-hmm. bond and you're gonna be friends mm-hmm. and we all do that like I did that too and, and I remember I, totally I think I remember talking about I was again honest about my breastfeeding journey and the woman was so horrified she never talked I don't think I ever talked to her again like she walked we she found an excuse to walk away from me and start talking to other moms and I was like Ooh, I guess but you have but I think the, the point is is that you can make good friends with the parents of your kids friends yeah. but you have to develop your own independent relationship with them you have to bond with them on another level other than like oh watching them just watching them play you have to have conversations I have this there's this formula which I interviewed a, a friendship expert who's actually amazing. Her name's Shasta Nelson. And she oh, had I love what you had to say about her. Is just about her. friendship. And mm-hmm. she, she is half her. She's absolutely amazing. And friendships in every area of your life, not just mom to mom, but it's just every, even workplace friendships. Mm-hmm. So anyway, she talked about this formula that is absolutely critical in order to find true friendship. And the first would be, there has to be positivity. So when you interact with the, with these people, is it a positive interaction? Do you feel supported? Do you have a good time? Do you laugh? Do you joke? Do you share? It doesn't necessarily have to be all rosy all the time, but the point is no matter what you're talking about, when you leave that interaction, you should feel more uplifted than when you came in. Right. And you certainly shouldn't feel worse about yourself. Yeah. And the other, the other part was consistency, right? So consistency means like how often are you interacting with them? So it doesn't have to be like, you know, I think a lot of people think, oh, it has to be this great big group mom gatherings or a girl's. It doesn't have to be that. It could be like watching Little League together, but sitting together and talking and chatting and laughing, volunteering together at a school function or or church. Like I wound up meeting an incredibly close group of women at a women's Bible study at my church. And we are all so different. You would put us 
together, you would never think we would even have conversations with each other. Yeah. But because we did this Bible study together, we became incredibly close. Mm -hmm. Right. So you have to devote time, but it doesn't have to be this big, huge five hour trip all at once. It could be little mm -hmm. incremental moments that kind of build that trust, that uh, support, that love that that can be there. Yeah. And the other is that you have to be able to be vulnerable around the people who are going to be your true support network. Mm -hmm. So I, I interviewed moms who didn't feel about showing the cracks in uh -huh. the Instagram photos you know they mm -hmm. they couldn't share what their real struggles or what they're really going through because they didn't want to look bad or didn't want to be a Debbie Downer they didn't know how their friends would react I said well those aren't really your friends those are like acquaintances who yeah. have babies too mm -hmm. <laughs> and yeah. you should be able to share their ups and your downs and feel that someone's listening even if they don't have solutions but like listening that they care about what's happening to you yeah. so if you're not you don't feel safe enough to be vulnerable that's a problem and that's not really the friendship that you need. So I think that if we start looking at, we can have criteria for our friends. I don't want us to feel so desperate for companionship. We have the wrong friends because what happens oh. is if you wind up being friends with people who make you feel worse, who add a bit of toxicity to your life, that's worse than having no friends at all. Yes. And then you have to go through the dissolution of those relationships when right. you do get to the point where you're like, that's not right. And I've been through that. And yeah. I remember like being in one of those situational groups of women where I decided like, these are going to be my people because I desperately need people and I have a baby and I don't know anybody here and I just needed it. And I was sitting at a lunch and I mean, we were just having, it was, you know, with all our kids and I was just having a day with my kid where things were hard. And I looked yeah. at them and I said, don't you wish sometimes they would just act like people, like they're <laughs> acting like babies. And I just want him to be a people for a minute. Yeah. <laughs> and they all were like, oh, you're so funny. But then one looked at me and she said, I can't believe you would say that about your baby. He's a baby. And I, in my mind, I was like, well, I, this is not going to work. Like, yeah, yeah. Okay, okay. These aren't my people. Can I get and, my check? You know, then I had to like unravel yeah. that and step away from that group, which was awkward and hard. And, yeah. uh, but I'm like, you know, if I can't sit at a table and be like, my God, I'm tired of bibs and high chairs and puffs. And, you know, yes. I just a person for five minutes yeah. <laughs> they were like that's what that's wrong <laughs> and what's wrong with saying that like i i what? honestly like i i say that to, and i'm like t i'm like oh my god please let this prefrontal cortex develop faster than normal i can't take it <laughs> like i just can't take it and but that's okay like, i want that conversation right mm -hmm. because it makes me feel like okay i'm not the only one going crazy here and mm -hmm. like we can relate to each other and and I don't know why as mothers and even the motherhood culture within mothers is that you're not allowed to be real like that. Or it's just, yeah. there's this like competition for who's the most together in some yes. circles. And yes. I, I'm like, you know, I'm going to lose that every time and I'm happy to do so. <laughs> and we cannot talk about mom friendships without me getting on my soapbox about let's Let's elevate the conversation, ladies. Like it, we can talk about more than our kids. And I talk about how many brilliant, amazing women are in that school pickup line that I did not have a clue for six years at that elementary school, Yeah, what they did before things. they were there, what they did when they were not in the pickup line, <laughs> like yeah. what their passions were, what kind of things that they would love to do to volunteer. And I mean, there's just so many connections to be made. Not that I think you need to be, you know, networking the, the pickup line all the time, but 
I mean, there's so many different opportunities and things that you might learn about or connections yeah. that you might make if you talk more about them, what your kid is taking to, you know, the field trip that week. So it's, totally, it's absolutely true. I, I wound up and it took years to develop this group of friends. And it, it's, it's really funny. I'll tell you guys this. So there are five of us and some of us work, some of us are at home, you know, stay at home. Moms, Everybody's at also home. Yeah. work. Everyone's, everyone's yeah. at home. But, you know, it, it's all work because I, when I was home with my kids, I was like, oh my God, I got to get back to work. This is killing me. <laughs> like, this, is so, this is so much harder than office politics. I have to go back to work. Yes. Um, but, but, you know, we would go, we would met at this great cafe in New York called Bouvette, which is really near to our kids' school. And I would meet before I go off to write. And we were there and one of the dads was like, oh, I see you guys all the time. You guys are the bitches of Bouvette. And we were like, oh, that's kind of in, a little insulting. But then we're like, yeah. We're the Bobs. We started calling ourselves the Bobs. And we <laughs> coffee like three days a week, quick coffee, catching up. And when we're talking, we're talking about politics, the Real Housewives, which is, on, you know, it's it's an unfortunate <laughs> obsession, but it is my obsession. Um, we movies. don't judge. Yeah. Uh, gossip. Look, it's every, it's a mix of everything. Mm -hmm. And it's not, we don't always all agree. And it's not about perfect alignment, right? It's about right. like sharing and also feeling like if I do share something you don't agree with, you're not going to like not talk to me ever again. Mm -hmm. right. and, and having that space to be Erica for a minute. Yeah. You want a place to be yourself. And it yeah. sometimes takes a while. I didn't have that. I'll tell you, I didn't have that the, my first several years of parenting. It was mm -hmm. kind of like a trial and error. And I remember I stayed home for a while. I had a, a mom friend who lived down the hall. She was a stay-at-home mom. Her kid was a little older. And we hung out every day. And when I decided to go back to work, she stopped talking to me. <laughs> and I tried, I desperately tried because she had been my, I wrote about her. She, she actually kind of helped me when I was in a big uh, a slump and I, you know, and I was sad and, and she was there for me. And I didn't want to let that friendship go. But I remember I was late for her coffee. I was rushing back home to meet her for like a, a lunch. And um, I said, oh, I'm so sorry. It's like, I couldn't get out of a meeting soon enough and she's just like I mean that's your choice like if you don't want to raise your child you know she was really kind of nasty and cruel about it and I, I thought okay well I guess this is it like she's not my people and I thought she might be my people but she wasn't yeah so yeah. You, sometimes it takes a while to you know and I'm not saying there won't be hurt feelings and it's so hard because we've all been through that junior high insecurity of like who sits with me at the lunch table mm -hmm. and well, who's going to hang out with me? Am I going to get invited to any parties? I'm going to make friends and yes. all that. And some of that's those same insecure feelings sometimes come to the surface when we're trying to make mom friends. Yeah. But if you don't extend yourself, you're not going to find those gems. And I found, right. I feel so lucky oh, to yes. have found gems. And it's also really important to note that your friends don't have to be in a big group, right? That's what I found mm -hmm. a lot of moms. So they felt like, well, they wanted this posse all together. Uh -huh. Right. And that's like the dream, right? Because we see it in the movies, we see it in the TV shows. Well, it doesn't always work that way. Sometimes you have this amazing friend who's also a writer, um, like my friend Carmela. She's also a writer and we have a lot in common and we love to joke about politics and culture and all that. Right. And I have another friend who is for her life is all about fashion. She loves, you know, they're not friends mm -hmm. and that's fine because I spend fine. time with each of them separately. And you, we have to come to that place in our life where we're okay having different friends that we, we spend time with and you don't have to all be together. Yeah. Do you think and, that's social media that's done that to us? Oh, like, you know, I didn't probably. watch my mother struggle with like, do I have the right posse of friends? Do I, you know, right. does this group overlap with that group? It was very 
there were some clear lines in her life. Like these were her church friends and these were her neighborhood friends and very rarely did things overlap. And that was fine. And I I don't know what it is now that we're all looking for some magical sex in the city, right? you know, ladies or whatever. We have too much information about everyone's life, right? So we're comparing ourselves to everyone's life. So that's the problem with, with social media and, you know, I, and and of course it's an amazing thing, and we we all have we all work through social media and yeah, being able right. to communicate with each other and share ideas and everything. That's how but we it's found you. Huge source of insecurity, like and then even yes. so, like I know, like and I and this has happened to me. Like you see some of your mom friends hanging out, you're like, why was I invited? Like why am I not there? Yeah. And or it's like you're watching social media accounts, people who have, who seem to have these perfect vacations or perfect family photos. Right. I posted a family photo the other day of my family, and that was must have been the 185th photo where we, at least all of us are kind of looking at the camera and smiling. <laughs> yeah. That's not every day, right? That's yes. not every moment. So we we just have to constantly remind ourselves that that's not real. What yeah. we're posting, all my comments are real, by the way. Go to my go to my Instagram there. I'm all look very honest about motherhood, but like yes. those perfect family <laughs> photos are not really and as you're talking about all of this it just I think everything always comes back to knowing your core values and really kind of like your friend down the hall who you know is judging you for making a choice to go back to work and it's there's no right or wrong and it's all about knowing your value and what makes sense for you and I think that helps you know who your people are. I mean, if you can, they don't have to like check off every box of exactly, you know, what your core values are, but that there's some alignment there that, you know, they're, they're within the proximity of what their values are. There have to be shared values. And I even write personally about a woman who stopped being my friend. And it's because of the way her child behaved and you, you you don't want to judge, you know, but it's like, if someone is allowing their child to hurt your child or be rude or, or say awful but you know you have mm-hmm. to have some kind of shared value yeah you know for some people that doesn't it didn't bother you know maybe it doesn't bother them they don't care you know fine I care mm-hmm. and you want to be you want your friends to also care about similar things so that doesn't have to be perfect I'm not talking about politics I'm not but there has to be some kind of shared values that keep you guys aligned even when a little hiccup comes comes in there so I do I have a list of things in the book about like yeah. you know it's like a, a little test like a little litmus test yep. is, this, is this the right kind of friend for you do you share these kinds of things in common yes uh, have you considered this when you're looking at you know who your friend is and, and whether this is a, a good person too yeah I think so I, I mean to- we talk more about the moms, but I think that's a good thing even for kids. I mean, that's something yes. to be modeling and showing our kids that we're actually making some conscious choices about that. Yeah. As you're talking, I was thinking like I did my kids a horrible disservice By when hanging out with people that you're like, well, eh. no, like a relationship <laughs> has fizzled for good reason, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. it was, they were involved too on some level in this relationship. Yeah. And I just, I have made excuses instead of like, And normally I'm really open and honest with them, but I don't know why I need to go explore why I didn't talk about this openly with them, but it's a disservice to say, you know what, we had some value places and that's exactly what it was. Like, it wasn't just that we had a difference of opinions because you can get through that. It was the Mm -hmm. way that was handled. Yeah. was not okay. And I think that I should have talked to them about that because that helps, helps equip them for going out in the world. 
It really does. Because you also think about this, like when we, when we allow someone in our lives or, or we allow certain things to happen around us, do we want our kids to do the same thing? Do we want them feeling that way? Do we want yeah. someone to treat them that way? So right. if they see us kind of allow this in our lives, it gives them uh, an idea like, okay, well, this is something that you put up with or something that's yeah. okay to put up with. And I think I talk a lot about modeling and modeling happiness for ourselves. It's like the stat that you mentioned earlier. It is, it really does affect our kids. And I talked to so many moms who are like, well, I'm miserable. I'm tired. I'm overwhelmed, but my kids are okay. And I'm like, mm. no, are they? No. Yeah. You know, kids on, at every age group, they show it differently, but it is, if you were overwhelmed and frustrated and tired, it is very unlikely you're being the kind of parent, partner, friend, worker that you want to be. Yeah. Yes. You you have to focus on yourself. You yeah. have to. And I want it to be more than two full cycle classes a month. <laughs> yes. Please, that let count. it be more than that. It oh, has yeah. to be more. And for some people, it's going to be like a daily exercise routine. Other people's going to be taking an art class. Others will be a new job. Others, it's focusing on their romantic life. There, You have to figure out what that thing is that's missing and work toward it. I tell myself all the time, you know what? If I don't play matchbox cars with my five-year-old for a whole hour, he's going to survive. I'm going to give him 15 minutes and I'm going to go and do this other thing that I want to do. And yes. then I'll go back to him. Like he's going to survive. He's going to yes. be okay. Yes. They can and tell when we, your brain is melting and you're yes. just yes. <laughs> yes. it. And you don't, you don't have to be with your kids every minute. Like I, no. I can't tell you how many parents... All they do is they spend the whole weekend with their kids. And yes, it is important. I get a lot of flack for this. They're like, don't you want to spend time with your kids? Yes, of course. I do. But I can I can also make room for myself and my kids are going to be just fine. Yes. They are because if I'm happier, trust me, when when mommy is tired, frustrated, and overwhelmed, that's not a fun person to hang out with. Anyway. Not good. Exactly. Well, you know, I got to show my little mug here because our catchphrase for the yep. show is make your ellipses count. Yes. So for, the, for the mom and dot, 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 I mean... So yeah, you're a mom, but you're and dot, 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 make those mm -hmm. ellipses count. And I just cannot recommend the book enough, especially we didn't dive in. We got to go to our look, listen, learns, but we didn't quite get to all the stuff I want to talk to you about nurturing your passions and also, you know, having those outside hobbies. I think those mm -hmm. are all the ellipses. Yes. Those are all everyone needs to go get the book. Yeah. So okay. whether, whether you're at working outside the home or working for, we call it paid work and unpaid work, depending yeah, on you know, what, what <laughs> you are doing, um, there's still, there is some time to start nurturing those passions. If you can't there leave is. the house, you got a newborn who's, you know, on a nap schedule. If you're going to spend five minutes scrolling some social media, instead, maybe listen to a podcast that's inspirational yeah. or, you know, watch a TED talk or do something yes. that's going to fill you up a little bit more instead of just numb you out a little bit. So right. There's even a masterclass website where you can take a class on a, a, so many different disciplines. Yes. I shared the um, subscription with a friend because if you can buy one, get one for yes. the yes. promotion. Yes. And I know I'm doing one on creative writing and she's doing one on like I, decorating. You know what I mean? So it's like yep. we're both kind of feeding this and we got a discount in the process. I love <laughs> That's how it. I did it too. I shared one with a friend and it's so yeah. much fun. Yeah. Our year is up. I kind of want to go back and renew it because there's so much out there. I know. And yeah. there's so many moms who have numbed out to the point where they just don't even know what they like anymore or don't even know what right. they're interested in anymore. So yeah. just start, start exploring that. You don't, you don't have just, to leave yes. the house to do that. And it's overwhelming thoughts sometimes, but I write about how to find help with childcare, how to prioritize this without guilt. 
There are ways to do it, I promise you, and your life will be better for it. You deserve to be back on the top of your to-do list. Oh, oh I that's, that's a perfect I mean, quote. that is the most that's, perfect quote. Yes. I'm and also oh. going to write that down and put it on my mirror. I just think that everyone needs to repeat that to themselves yes. every day. And this is usually when I would show a copy of the book, but it's on my Kindle this time. <laughs> so that doesn't look very cool. So we will, if you're watching the YouTube video, we're going to put an overlay of the, the book on yeah. there. And of course, we'll have links to it in the show notes. But uh, where's the best place for people to follow you and learn more about you that we can link to in the show notes as well? Yeah, you should definitely follow my Instagram. It's what I update constantly from my speaking engagements to research I find that I think it's fascinating and helpful for moms. They even just fun memes that about like how tired I am. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, any appearances I have, but also just what's what's current, what's happening in mommydom, right? Mm -hmm, and yeah. uh, so it's, it's, it's at Erica Suter is my Instagram. And I also have a website where you can see like television appearances and articles that I've written and that's ericasudo.com. But um, yeah, it's like, I, I, I thank goodness. I love what I do yes. <laughs> because I, I'm fully immersed in this world. Oh, yes. And we're so we grateful that. that you have moved yeah. away from the sexiest men of the world and the Kim Kardashians and put that energy into helping inspire other moms <laughs> to find their passions and their interests because I don't know. That's our, that's our mission. I mean, that's what the whole podcast yeah. is about. That's what we yeah. really want to make. And sure. I love that. I, I love that. And I love, cause it, it gives you space. You know what I mean? Because a lot of people feel like, okay, now I'm so-and-so's mom and you're forever mm -hmm. going to be known as so-and-so's mom, but that's not the end of the story. Yes. You know, yeah. you got some more chapters to write there, sister. So exactly. I once got a business card from someone that said they were, I can't remember his name, but like Joey's mom. That oh, was no. her business card. And it oh, was no. to set up play dates and stuff, which I was yes. never great at anyway. And I never loved, and I did not want to do play dates and that's a whole other podcast, but yeah, I was like, Oh, oh, I mean, yeah. I, I did introduce myself to people from yeah. school and stuff and be like, well, I'm this kid's yeah. mom, yeah. but yeah. I didn't want my car to be yeah. submit your, your identity of the identity on yeah. a business card. I'm like, wow, I was that mom. to be fair. First there are, there were, there's a small percentage of women I interviewed who that is who they wanted and needed to be. Mm, I personally think there's going to come a time when that changes when your kid doesn't need you as much. Yeah. Right. But first, I, I, because, and then we don't prepare enough for that moment when your kid doesn't want you picking them up from school, doesn't want you following them around the mall, doesn't want you to, you know, <laughs> we got to like prepare ourselves. But for, yeah. but for some people, I, I, I try to be respectful of people's needs and wants in that time. Like, she, like I talked to women who didn't want to do anything more, they didn't want to take on hobbies, they didn't want to create anything that was just on their own i should yeah. follow up now and like see how they're doing <laughs> see what's happening yeah. are you hanging in there are you okay are, 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 not yes. twice if you blink need once yeah blink <laughs> once if you need help exactly. <laughs> oh exactly. my goodness i wish someone would have checked on me Oh, right. It's just a good lesson learned. Like check on your friends, check on mm -hmm. the next door neighbor who just had a baby, check on people. Oh. Yeah. yeah. That's so true. Cause most of us aren't okay. <laughs> and, and you just kind of just want this acknowledgement that like, you're still in there, right? yes. that you're still, you know, but yeah. Oh, Oh my uh, goodness. Is it time for the look, so much goodness. And learn, it's time Missy? for look, listen, learns. Right. And if you are listening to this show for the first time ever, look, listen, learn is just our chance to talk about something we've watched or read or listened to, or 
this week, I'm going to talk about a game I played. Like it can be anything from the silly to the completely mind blowing, like universe altering, (laughs) serious, whatever, whatever you're doing this week. And we don't usually put our guests in the hot seat first. So Suzanne, you're in the hot seat. Why do you look listening and learning? Well, I am definitely not in the earth shattering, although no, it is, it is outer space related space force (laughs) season two. (laughs) It's really, yeah, it's really intellectually stimulating. It's the silliest show. Oh my God. It's so funny though. It's got Steve Carell. John Malkovich. I mean, who would think oh, putting wow. those two together? And John Malkovich actually ends up stealing the scene sometimes. Totally. He's with, amazing you know, in it, I think. So funny. Yeah. And then Ben Schwartz, who I feel like we we just talked about him from After Party. That's After another Party. show I've been watching with him, who is AKA John Ralphio <laughs> from Parks and Rec. I love him so much. And so that season two just started and it is beyond silly. It's just it's just hilarious. And it really is. I think it came about when Trump didn't Trump have a space force and it was, just, yeah. yes, yes. It came and they like yes. made it so fast. They were like, this happened. We're seizing it. We're making a yes. show about this ridiculous. So it's kind of playing off that. And I think they ended season one. There was like a battle on the moon between the USA and China. And like this season is just kind of the, oh the fallout gosh. from what happened after this moon war, basically. Sure. Um, so yeah, so that has just been really fun. If someone just, it's such a serious time right now. I mean, the news, we are, uh, I'll have to look at when this is going, but, uh, but yeah, Russia is invading Ukraine right now. And uh, yeah. we, we need to be in the know and be aware of our fellow humans and things that are going on that are very serious. But then every once in a while, we just need to space force for a second and, yes. yep. Yep. and just take a breath. Um, and mm-hmm. then let's see, other traumas of the world. I accidentally watched Euphoria which oh. don't, yeah don't do i mean it's so good and it I almost think, feels like that would be birth control for people like ah this is gonna happen no i'm not gonna have any kids oh my god i know i think if i had seen it before i had children i'd be like no thank you like, holy crap you know it was one of those because uh, people have been listening i've been doing this marathon not well i did the half marathon run but i've also been doing a marathon bedroom painting thing where i've just been watching until it rolls into the next show and so yeah it kind of rolled into euphoria and i was like okay i've been hearing about it and i love zendaya and i was just like okay oh my god i mean mm-hmm. i and i i've got a it 16 is. year old daughter and i don't she she's locked out of hbo but i'm sure she's watching it at friends houses uh i'm sure she's seen clips of it on youtube or whatever and oh lord zoe i'm just so sorry this is not real life <laughs> i mean i know it's probably closer to teenage real life than what we think teenage real life is but i also see my daughter and her friends and the people in our community and it's so it's just so sensationalized and i'm sure it's some kids right. reality out there but holy shit sure. i mean it is not yeah. for the faint of heart it is oof oof it triggered a lot of like woo so i'm just yeah. just a warning i mean follow common sense media if you're thinking of watching it or let your kid watch it you're like oh it's a nice girl from spider-man's in it like no no, <laughs> no. <laughs> just yeah. watch out there's there's a, an alert so yeah, yeah some scary moments and this is scary mo- it's it's it seems like it would scare teens i would think it would scare them to be honest but yes yeah um, like i don't want to leave the house COVID's great i gotta just stay home and <laughs> <laughs> not do this terrifying stuff no it's scary out there Ooh, yeah. Awful. Oh, yes okay so are you are you did we pre-warn you about look, listen, learn? Yeah, Erica, yeah, you good? yeah. Okay, I'm, good. I'm ready. All right, all right. Let's, let's, You're let's up. Let you, Erica, <laughs> okay. 
Well, I'm obsessed with the Gilded Age, which oh, is the, yes. the new show by the creator of Downton Abbey. Mm-hmm. And the, the Gilded Age follows that era and that kind of Victorian era in, in New York, I, I guess I guess it is. Mm-hmm. Yes. And I, I'm just so obsessed because I live in New York and I live near where all those mansions once were. And I'm yes. like obsessed that they were there. So a lot of them have been torn down. But when I pass now, I see some of them have been repurposed to other things. Yes. And it's so fascinating, but also to think about how, you know, I think they did a really great job of showing how it was for black people during the era. Yes. And it's just, it's just so amazing. And Christine Baranski, so hilarious, so funny. I just oh, can't yeah. even do it. I like, love her. Amazing. But then also, I'm, then it made me obsessed with like, okay, it's based on the Vanderbilt. I don't know enough about this history. So mm-hmm. I, I, I'm reading Anderson Cooper's book, Vanderbilt, because he is, yeah. his mother was a Vanderbilt. Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. And so that's what I'm looking and reading. Like I'm watching the show and reading the history because I'm kind of fascinated by this whole yeah. robber baron age. And we think of someone like the Vanderbilts or um, I don't know, the Guggenheims or whoever. We think of, oh, yeah. this is like what, it meant to be like the height of society they weren't they were new money and they were totally like considered trash because they were new money so it's just kind of funny weird and interesting to kind of read that so I feel like that has been my break from reality Mm -hmm. (laughs) lately because most of what I read is I also listen to the daily every single day which is the New York Times podcast which is my dose of like my oh oh shit the world is in a scary place Uh yes um (laughs) But so that's what I'm, those three things I'm obsessed with right now. Oh, love. So, so the Anderson Cooper book, I haven't read it yet. It's on my list. Good? Like worth the read? I think so. You know, of course, I'm I'm frothing at the bit over the salacious parts and they're not enough of right. them because it's Anderson Cooper and he's very like journalistic and, you know. Right. Oh, so, you know, I, I love the stories about how the mom controlled the daughter and had her marry royalty in, in English and they had a guard outside the, the girl's room because he, she would run away because she was so unhappy at the prospect of marrying this duke. Oh. So of course oh. I'm like, ooh, that's, ooh, juicy. <laughs> this is exciting. This is yeah, juicy. It is. But it is <laughs> really good. He really good breaks down how they thought what their lives were like and how they got there. Like he starts from like when they immigrated, the first Vanderbilt immigrated here. And so yeah. it's really, it, I think it's really good. It's really interesting. Huh. Yeah. Okay. I'm going to okay. keep it on the list. Oh yeah. We just started watching that. We just got to the, I thought it may only be the first episode where the lady from um, the leftovers, <laughs> I just know people from what they were in before. Right, right. And she's, she's the new money that yes. had the big party that no one yes, showed up yes. to. No one showed <laughs> oh. up. And I was just like, I mean, oh, brutal people. I so know. Brutal. I felt that in every cell in my being. Uh-huh. I was like, that's <laughs> just got to hurt so bad. Yeah. Oh, look at the place I'd show up. I'm like, oh. <laughs> oh, she just, yeah, she went to bed that night. She's like, I'm burning this place down. Like, I'm I'm so uh-huh. excited to see the rest of it. <laughs> see what's next. I will get revenge. <laughs> yeah. They yeah, get revenge. So much. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Okay, Missy. Oh, do you have, let's see, we just hit the hour. Are you okay to hear Missy's look, listen, learn? Yeah, I have a couple more minutes. I, I want to hear her. I got to hear her. Okay. Cool. I'll try to go as fast as I can. Go, so my see. look is the movie Spencer with Kristen Stewart about mm. uh, Princess Diana. And it's all set at Christmas time when things are just. And oh. I was not expecting to be blown away by Kristen Stewart's Princess Diana, yeah. but I am. Yeah. That's so good. So good. So good. good. I just. Good for yeah. her. I mean, I found it like I couldn't take my eyes off of her. Yeah. So 
I recommend watching it. It's very quiet. There's not as much dialogue as I like. I'm a story girl and I want people to talk. There's a lot of like, you know, music played over just scenery, but it's beautiful. Yeah. Um, so that's my look. My listen is Yacht Rock. <laughs> and <laughs> you and Wendy. Just on, oh yeah, Wendy does love Yacht Rock. Um, yeah. I was just on a girl's trip and one of, one of the women there had never heard of Yacht Rock. And so somebody put it on and she was like, this is amazing. This is the backseat <laughs> of my parents' station wagon, my entire childhood. Like, oh my indeed. Gosh. indeed. So if you just like feel nostalgic and want to just sing along with every song that comes on, find your Yacht Rock station. I got to admit, and... I still don't even really know what qualifies as Yacht Rock. So yeah, maybe, yeah, yeah we'll I know it's a little it. loose. It's okay. mostly just that it's like a time frame. It's like from 1973, maybe to like 1982, something in there. I'm picturing oh, okay. Barry Manilow. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> kind of that kind of stuff. Okay. You know, Doobie Brothers, you know, you know, every song, every song comes on. You're like, yes, I know this. I don't know oh. how I know this, but I know this song. And my, it's not a learn. I don't know what it is, but we got a game for Christmas that we have played several times since it's called telestrations mm -hmm. and it is like telephone meets Pictionary. So everyone gets oh. a word and they draw it and then they pass it to the next person. And that person guesses what it is and they pass the word on. And then oh. by the time it comes back to you, you have all these alternate guesses of like the word, the picture, the word, the picture. And we've played it with kids. We've played it with grownups. There is an after dark version that some Ooh. friends of ours ordered after we played as grownups. <laughs> They're like, we're getting the after dark version. I haven't played that yet, but it looks pretty fun. Oh, that um, sounds awesome. Sounds, but every group we've awesome. played it with leads to like face hurting, crying, laughter. <laughs> and it's great. It's great. It's so good. So I highly recommend that because yes, we need a break in our world. So when you need a break from the heaviness, gather up your people and play some illustrations. Well, there you go. listen to Yacht Rock. I love it. <laughs> listen to Yacht Rock. I mean, it's a really nice evening actually. <laughs> oh my gosh. I'm so sad. This is coming to an end. I want you guys to be my best friend. Uh, same, <laughs> same. We have to talk again. We only scratched the surface of I know. all of this. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Well, we're so happy to meet you and know you and so yes. thrilled with what you're putting out in the world and Thank everyone you. listening seriously you need you need it doesn't matter how old your kids are you need no. to have how to have a kid and a life a survival guide because you know what there's probably some empty nesters out there even still who haven't kicked back into high gear of being themselves so y'all it's yeah. never too late go it's go get this late. book and stick a couple copies in your gift stash for when you oh. need a gift for somebody who's having a baby exactly exactly oh such good information. So fun yeah. hearing all your fun stories. I love having like this six degrees of separation of uh, the sexiest man of the year. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. I'd really off the record. I would like to hear like, who were the best sexiest men to interview? Who were the not so sexy, sexy men to interview? <laughs> no, oh, that, we're still stories. recording, Missy. You're going to get, I know, trouble. turn it off. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I do have some stories. Oh, oh you do. Goodness. Okay. Yeah. We're going to have to do that one off the record then. Okay. Right. <laughs> we can say our goodbyes and then talk. Yeah. Turn All it off. Right. Okay. Well, let's do our goodbyes then. We can pretend. Yeah, that thank you so recording. much for being here. Yes. Thank, thank you, you for you having so me. Much. It's so good to meet you. Have a great day. You too. Bye. Bye. Thank you so much for joining us for the mom and dot, dot, dot podcast. We hope you enjoyed today's show. And if you know someone else who could benefit from the episode, please be sure and share it with them. And while we're begging, please subscribe and rate us wherever it is you listen to podcasts. 
You can find links to all the things we discussed today in our show notes or over at our website, momandpodcast.com with the A-N-D spelled out. In between shows, find us over at the socials, including our private mom and community Facebook group. The links to that group and all of our socials can be found at momandpodcast.com. Thank you so much for your support. We appreciate you more than you know. Now go out there and make your ellipses count.